if ADHD is something we personally haven't experienced, we might not really even agree with, or we might have some pretty strong feelings about that label that we, we need to get real about because we can't move forward with clarity and peace and really seeing who our child is if we don't bring that stuff to the surface. Hi, friends. Oh my gosh, we have such a great guest for you today. And in fact, I'm a fangirling a little bit and I (laughs) feel like I wasn't as articulate as I wanted to be on this interview because I was just so excited to talk to Debbie Reber. You guys probably know who she is. She's a parenting activist. She's a best-selling author. She's a speaker and the CEO and founder of Tilt Parenting, a resource, top-performing podcast, consultancy, and community with a focus on shifting the paradigm for parents raising and embracing neurodivergent children. Her most recent book, Differently Wired, A Parent's Guide to Raising an Atypical Child with Confidence and Hope, came out in June 2018. After living abroad in the Netherlands for five years, Debbie, her husband, and Differently Wired teen moved to Brooklyn, New York in 2019. She is a wealth of information, and I highly recommend that you check out everything that she offers and get involved in her community if you have a child who is neurodivergent. She has lots and lots of expertise on ADHD, a lot of experts, I should say, on her podcast, and she has educated probably thousands and thousands of parents. So without further ado, I welcome you to this really great conversation with Debbie Reber. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to Brave Together podcast. I'm so glad you're here. You have been a guest that I wanted on the show for a very long time. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Jessica. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I know that you are a wealth of knowledge, and but I thought, like in our pre-conversation, that we would just go in a different direction versus 10 things you need to know as you parent a child with ADHD. Let's talk about the parent experience, the parent struggle, and how we can honor parents and how we can also honor our kids and what they go through. That sounds good. And yeah, like I wrote down the word listicles. You said 10 things. Like there is a time and place for that. And I read and consume listicles and that's helpful, but I'm happy to have a more nuanced conversation today. Thank you. So where shall we begin? I mean, what I hear a lot from parents is that there's a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of exhaustion, self-judgment and judgment from others as they're caring for their kids, whether they're small kids, junior high, high school. And so where do we begin by just honoring and validating what parents go through? I mean, I think what I hear from parents so often is parents, especially probably people listening to this show, people who are part of the Tilt Parenting community, they're really showing up for their kids and they're reading all the books and they're doing all the things. They are taking note of those 10 things they need to know and they're really doing their best and it still feels really hard. And so when we feel like we are doing all the things and we're still struggling, our kids are still struggling, that can compound feelings that we have of just not being a very good parent or I wasn't meant for this or this is too hard or that kind of sense of overwhelm that so many of us experience. Yes, absolutely. And do you hear a lot of parents receiving 
comments from others and judgment from others and fix your child and fix the behaviors. And it's so focused on, especially I feel like in the, in the younger years, so focused on kids' behaviors and impulsivity. And they're not really looking at the child and what the child is experiencing and going through and how it's not a matter of the child getting themselves under control or like the ideal behavior management plan. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not that simple. And parents feel, especially as their kids get older and they learn more and more and they seek out experts and read, well, I, I should have figured this out by now. And it's mm-hmm. not that simple. Yeah. I mean, I think especially when our kids are younger, a lot of parents spend time trying to, like I did, like get back on this path, right? They may have kids who are, for example, on a school that isn't a great school fit. And so the there is a lot of focus on compliance and classroom management and behavior and all of those things. And oftentimes parents are on board because, yeah, we want this is the school we picked or this is what's happening. And so how can we make this work? And we can stay stuck in that. How can I make this work zone for a very long time, which is really focused on our needs, our desire for our parenting life to look a certain way for this vision we had for our kids' education to unfold the way that we imagined and for us to be able to fit in in the community or our neighborhood or the block party and be able to talk about all the same things. Like I think we're getting these messages reinforced from so many different places. And so that kind of, you know, especially again in those early elementary school years, I would say we can really be kind of stuck in this trying all the things to try to address what's seen as a problem because our kids are in environments that are really highlighting their areas of challenge and are not really celebrating or recognizing all the strengths that they have. I I agree. I agree. And how do you encourage or pour compassion on parents amidst trying to make these school situations work and everything that you just described? How do we have perspective? How do you encourage parents to have perspective, to have compassion on their struggle as a parent, but also compassion on their child and what their child is going through? And like, remember that, remember that over the optics and the externals, which it's really hard. It's hard because our school systems are not made for our kids with ADHD and not everyone can afford to do a homeschool. I mean, an alternative school. Some people can't do homeschooling and they're trying to make something work that is very, very difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to start with ourselves and that It doesn't happen overnight, but I think doing the work that I talk so much about at Tilt is about reframing and really understanding our own thoughts and beliefs and ideas that we have about what this should look like and kind of confronting those and challenging those beliefs so that we can really hone in on where the actual pain is for us. Because until we examine what those things are, it's really hard to make a change we're going to continually feel frustrated, overwhelmed, not seen, isolated, all of those things, which then we can feel like a failure and then we can start beating ourselves up. And it's just, we get stuck in this kind of spin cycle. And so in order to get out of that cycle, we have to really get honest with ourselves and first of all, recognize what am I making all of this mean about me as a person? Am I making it mean that I'm not good at this, that other people are judging me, that other people see me as a 
failure or just not doing a good job as a parent? Or am I really going to that fear place? Am I making this mean that my child's, you know, future is going to look in this, this way that is not what I had imagined and, and I perceive as being really a bad future for my kid? So we have to kind of uncover all of that stuff first and just get it all out on the table, including, you know, any internalized ableism that we might have, ideas we might have around ADHD and the stigma associated with it. And if ADHD is something we personally haven't experienced, or we don't have experience in our extended family, we might not really even agree with, or we might have some pretty strong feelings about that label that we, we need to get real about. Because we can't move forward with clarity and peace and really seeing who our child is if we don't bring that stuff to the surface. So that's always where I would start. And I'm happy to, to keep talking, but that's that's kind of that that is a that is the big work and it's ongoing. It's not like we're like, okay, I'm gonna make a list of all the thoughts, I'm gonna come up with evidence, boom, I'm good to go. <laughs> like it is right. It's really about committing to being curious in our daily lives so that we can continually confront when we get those feelings of being uncomfortable or that fear hit or that self-shaming or whatever it is. We need to just commit to being curious about leaning into those feelings. Hmm, I appreciate that. If you could if you could be there side by side with whoever is delivering the diagnosis to a set of parents, what do you wish you could say to those parents as now they've gotten clarification on what's been going on mm-hmm. and what do you wish you could say? Well, first of all, don't freak out. Like your child is the same child they were before you had this information. Nothing has changed. You just have this context, which is a great thing. This is great news because now you have kind of an inside look at some of the incredible strengths that are inherent in who your child is that you may not have even known are there. So I would definitely go in from a strengths-based perspective and really reiterate, well, a couple more things. I'd love to be in that room, by the way. I wish you were. Yeah, it would be great. I would want that parent to know your child is not broken. Nobody needs to be fixed. This is who your child is and they are perfect. Their brain is perfect just as as it is. So what we want to do is help this child understand themselves so that they can really create a life that they want for themselves. And then I would zoom out and say, don't worry about all the things right now. Remember what the big goal is. And we are raising humans and we want to raise humans who really, again, know who they are understand their incredible strengths and their relative weaknesses and can go forth and design a life that they love. So don't get caught up in all of the little things, you know, the homework assignment from last week that is, you know, still due and the executive function stuff. I mean, there's time for all of that, but this is a marathon and not a sprint. So along those lines about it being a marathon and not a sprint, how do you encourage parents to have realistic and carrying expectations for their kids? I mean, I think it's multi-tiered. First of all, I think it's really good for us as parents to kind of create our own advisory board, if you will, or high Jedi council or something, you know, like kind of think about who are the experts that I can learn from that are in alignment with my values I have as a parent and, and with our values as a family so that I feel like I have access to resources that can really help me best show up for my kids. So, and that council or advisory board may change over time, but 
we really want to identify people that we trust and that respect us and our in our families to help support us as we move forward. And I think it can be overwhelming, especially with so many of the executive function challenges that come with ADHD. And we also may think, okay, I'm going to buy this book and hear the, again, the 10 strategies, or here's the way to hack yourself if you have ADHD, all the things. And we might want to impart all this wisdom on our kids. And I think we want to get really granular and think, okay, what's like one thing that we can be working on right now? And know that that one thing may take a really long time to learn. So we want to have a lot of patience for this process. We need to really look for windows of opportunity as opposed to imposing our agenda on different things. We know that kids with ADHD can be very sensitive to criticism and can really struggle with that emotional regulation and also internalizing this idea that they're not doing a good enough job because they are getting that message all the time from people. So we want to be really patient. We want to become kind of fluent in our kids so we can understand when is their window of tolerance open just a little bit more. And then what's one thing that we can learn from this or how can we move forward this one skill and play with this and create that scaffolding to help them learn. But it is, we don't, I like to share this story that when I was, I homeschooled my child for six years. And I I think it was the first summer, maybe after third or fourth grade, it was summertime. So we're going to shake things up. And I was like, we are going to do the summer of independence. And I like created this list of like 20 skills that I was like, by the end of the summer, you're going to know all of these things. And I shared this with this lovely educator who was advising me. And she was like, Debbie, do not show that list to your child. Like, do not like pick one thing and have fun and play this summer and maybe make a little progress on this one area. And that was the best advice that I received in a long time. So anyway, I think we can we can get really ramped up and like this sense of urgency and all the things have to happen. And so we throw too much at our, our kids. So we want to look at where are they already, where are their strengths now? Where is their already motivation? And What is, again, like one executive function that we could kind of play with right now? Maybe it's time management. Well, let's let's explore time management and see how can we, in a way that our kid can feel agency and control over it, how can we scaffold so that they can grow that skill? And also, it reminds me of what you said in the beginning, like we have to really figure out what's going on inside of us. Like, that would make us make that list of 20 skills that my child is going to gain by the end of the summer, right? We want, yes, I mean, the heart of the parent is we want our children to grow and progress and become independent and, you know, have access to education and growth and all of it. But we also have to check ourselves, (laughs) you know, why, why are we setting up that list or those expectations? Or is it about me? Is it about me and me feeling good as a parent because you're doing X, Y, and Z? Or are you in a place where you're actually ready to take on some skill building? I will say it's mostly always about us. Like, I'm just going to say that. Yes. It's it, like, <laughs> yes. it, it just is. So I think we need to know that. And it is just a lesson we are going to get an opportunity to work on for the rest of our lives as parents. So, and part of that is redefining success. Part of that is really recognizing what on social media, what kind of triggers us, because that is a hotbed of uh, insecurity right there. um, If you're parenting a neurodivergent kid. So I think all of this comes down to how can I get comfortable with 
you know, my own baggage or ideas about what this should look like? And how can I really just respect the heck out of who this human is and know that our job as a parent, my job as a parent is to guide, support, champion, be a companion, which is a term that Chris Baum, who wrote this wonderful book, Finding the Magic in the Middle School Years, talks about companioning with our kids. Like that's really what we're here to do. Mm. We're not shaping people to be mini me's or to like live out our, I mean, this is a this isn't a new concept, but obviously, you know, we we do come into this parenting journey with an idea of what our kids going to look like or be like as they grow right. up and what success looks like. And we have to always be reminding ourselves, this actually isn't about me. My stuff is my stuff and that's my responsibility. And my job is really to show up for who this person is and love them and help them create the life that they want. So good. I so appreciate all your referencing back to us really doing the work on ourselves and that that is such a critical piece. And I that aligns with, with me. It aligns with what I share with moms and we are brave that we, you know, it sounds woo-woo, but it's like you have to take care of your inner selves and your inner lives because that is driving what you do. And so thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder. Thank you for the reminder that we get in the way of our kids sometimes, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And we have to, I know nobody feels like they have time to pause and reflect and go inward, but it's so, so important. It actually could truly, it does make a difference. Yeah. And I just want to offer too, that this is not easy. Like doing this work isn't easy. Confronting those feelings is not easy. And sometimes showing up for a kid who's dysregulated is not easy. And so I also just want to say, like, be gentle and kind to yourself and, you know, practice self-compassion and remind yourself, yeah, this is really hard. I'm, I'm doing something that's really hard and it makes sense that I'm feeling this way. Like as much as we can really support ourselves and be gentle with ourselves and honor our own experience, that's going to allow us to kind of not bring that energy into the dynamic we have with our kids. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If I had only read Kristen Neff's book many, many years ago, I talk about that a lot now. I give the book away. Mm-hmm. It's really, we can make such a change. I've just, you know, just saying the word self-compassion, I feel like it calms your nervous system. So mm-hmm. yes, let's heap gobs of self-compassion on ourselves and our experiences and our feelings and our worries and our angst and all of it. And then let's pour it on our kids too. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to say about honoring our experience as parents, honoring our kids' experience and experience of the world? Yeah. I mean, I would just say that if you're listening to this show, you're showing up for your kids. Like you, you're doing it. You, you have what it takes. I think oftentimes we can feel out of our depth or it is too hard or I'm not equipped to to navigate this or that challenge. And you are. There is no, unfortunately, there's no like handbook that has like a, you know, a step-by-step process on how to do this. And so just by being here, by listening, by showing up and again, like committing to be curious about yourself and who your child is and just recommitting to that every day, you've got this. That's what it takes. And it's messy and it's uncomfortable and it's also amazing and beautiful. So it's, it's all the things. And, you know, it's, that's, 
what a rich, full life is all about, feeling all of those things and experiencing the full range. What Would you mind sharing a personal story, just something amazing that's happened or something amazing or something that you've greatly appreciated about your own kid, your own journey that you would like to encourage our parents with? I mean, I think one of the things that I am so grateful for and have experienced more and more is how my parenting journey has also not only helped me kind of maybe heal some of my childhood stuff and really understand some of the things that are really hard for me as an adult, where they came from, because I've had to explore all of this. It's healed relationships in my family. It has, it's just, it's, it's impacted so many areas of my life that I could never have imagined. And it's the kind of thing where I think if you're not raising a neurodivergent human who demands so much from us would be easy to go through life, not doing that deep work. And so just on a, yeah, on a personal level, it's not a very specific thing, but it's, I'm very much still in it. I'm very much still doing that, you know, having those growth spurts, which can still be really painful, but I'm grateful for them. And so, yeah, I just think it can be a really healing journey if we're, if we're willing to go there. Yes, 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 yes. I agree with all of that. Debbie, where can everybody find you and, and tell our listeners, I, I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of Tilt Parenting and the work that you're doing and thank you for the work that you're doing, but but share with our audience. Yeah. Well, thank you, first of all, for inviting me to have this conversation. I really love talking about this stuff. So I enjoyed this. And Tilt Parenting Dot com is kind of the home for all the things and you can find all the podcast episodes and I have a lot of free resources on there and I have a great video series, which I, I guess it's almost a year old, but it's called 10 things you need to know when you're raising a neurodivergent child and it's free. Just all the things I wish I had known. Like you said, you wish you had Kristen Neff's book. I wish I had known all these things 15 years ago. Yes. But. Yes, I'm sharing yes. for the rest of y'all. So um, yeah, it's all on Tilt Parenting and also social all at Tilt Parenting. Wonderful, wonderful. I am, I'm so grateful for you being here today and encouraging us and sharing your experience, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Brave friends, we thank you all for listening in and submitting your questions and your stories this season. We are taking a short break this holiday time, and we'll be back in January for season six. We will miss you, and we hope that you have some truly peaceful and joyful moments this holiday time. We see you, and we love you. You are not alone. Do us a favor and leave us a review and a rating so that this podcast can get into the ears and the hearts of more and more moms. Did you know that Brave Together podcast is an extension of our nonprofit organization called We Are Brave Together? We Are Brave Together serves an international community of caregiving moms by offering support groups that are virtual and in-person, educational resources, and low-cost weekend retreats. To join us today, go to wearebravetogether.org. Our support and sisterhood await you.
Brave Together podcast is for entertainment and education purposes only and is not a substitute and should not be relied on for medical or mental health advice. The use of any content on our podcast linked in our show notes or on our website is to be done at your own personal risk. Please seek out a professional to assess your own medical or mental health concerns because we are all beautifully complex and the content of this podcast is for a broad audience. Thank you.